Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. You guys, right off the bat, I want to say that this is not a typical episode of Everything Iconic. We are going to be doing something different. We are we are celebrating Mental Health Awareness Month. Yay, Whitney. Yay! <laughs> I wish we had some like, uh, you know, at Christmas time, there's Christmas music. Yeah. I wish we had some like Mental Health Awareness Month music. Let's get DJ James Kennedy on that. <laughs> Yeah, so this is going to be a very different episode. I just want to warn you now. Hopefully, if you're listening for the first time, you'll go ahead and subscribe and give our other episodes a try. <laughs> you know, normally we talk mostly about reality TV. We talk about actresses over 50, <laughs> Real Housewives of New York. Whitney, hopefully we can drop some of that in. Yeah. Did you watch Housewives of New York last week? Oh, yes, I did. This Carol Bethany stuff uh, stressing me so out. Good. Carol's blog. Did you read Carol's did, blog this week? Oh my god, it. It was so intense. So hopefully we'll sw- we'll drop in a little outside okay. knowledge. <laughs> you know, we'll dip in and out. But mostly this episode is going to be uh, about mental health awareness because again, it's Mental Health Awareness Month, and I do want to drop some facts on people, Whitney. So Great. Mental Health America, which used to be the National Association of Mental Health, they put out a theme each year. So this year's theme, I like can't even say it without crack without laughing a little bit (laughs) it's fitness hashtag (laughs) hashtag the number four mind the number four body all one word fitness for mind body fitness hashtag for mind for body wait why is there a hashtag in the middle of it well right i don't know i mean it's like (laughs) definitely a play off of the fast and the furious movies right oh yeah 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 yeah. for mind for body (laughs) last year's theme was risky business Huh? So they released this theme every year. I did not know this. Yeah. And last year's theme was Risky Business, which was all about habits and behavior. So they release like a loose, they release a theme that's loosely related to mental health. Okay. But they're always like sort of pop culture related. That's fun. So I was like, you know what? We're, uh, pop culture's intertwined in everything. Yes. 100%. And I talk a lot about reality TV and rom-coms and all that stuff. Largely because of my mental health. Like, I, <laughs> I have trouble watching things that are too dark. I've mentioned that on the show before. Oh, like, yeah. I, and for some reason, like, ladies yelling at each other really soothes me. <laughs> like, really calms me down. Uh, but I've mentioned on the show that I've, I've suffered from anxiety and depression in the past. I've been diagnosed with anxiety since college. Like, I've mm. I had Xanax prescriptions since then. And there was a month of my life a few years back that I suffered from clinical depression. And it was, like, almost a month exact. But the side effects to that, like, literally have lasted forever. Sure, and yeah. I think they will last forever. Yeah. Um, but there was one month of my life that was, like, very dark. And I've mentioned it sort of, like, in casual conversation on the show. And I've heard from so many people. I always send you things with yeah. me. It's like I've heard from people in my DMs or on Twitter, people saying that they've suffered from anxiety or depression. And 
it makes me feel so fucking good (laughs) just to know, like, it makes me feel good that me talking about it has made other people feel good. Yeah. And I know that's like a little selfish, but I think any time that you know other people have struggled with something that you've struggled with makes you feel better, right? Right. It makes you feel less alone, which is pivotal to anything that anyone's going through. Like that gives them the energy and the determination to get through it, right? Because someone else yeah. has been there. Yeah. Um, that I I always have loved how you talk about it because you have a little bit of humor with it, which is great. Hopefully I'm, we'll have some laughs this we episode. Will. <laughs> oh, I'll, I... Wait, can you put in a sound effect right here of like, I don't know, Joy who? Behar? So what? Who cares? Yeah, this podcast maybe isn't something that people would reach out to thinking they're going to get a little bit of mental health like knowledge or talking about depression, but the way you sprinkle it in is really great. It might get to other people that wouldn't necessarily seek it out. Yeah. So today we're flipping the tables. It's going to be mostly about mental health, about my own experiences (laughs) and your own experiences. Yeah. And then we also have a great guest, Kirby Slager, who she's going to talk about her compelling story. And then we'll sprinkle in some of the pop culture stuff. But So it's going to be a little bit of a flip. I hope people will listen. And if not, please join us next week where we'll you know, be back to Roni and all that other stuff we love. <laughs> um, right off the bat, I want to say um, we are not professionals. We are just going right. to be talking honestly and openly about our own experiences. But I encourage everyone, if they're dealing with something, a dark time or, or actual depression or actual anxiety or any of these things that we're going to talk about, I encourage you all to go see a professional. It will help you so much if you go to so talk much. to someone. Yes. But I know sometimes when you're dealing with something really dark, it's hard to even get out of bed. Totally. Yeah. And I, I'll plug something that I actually volunteer at. Yeah. Um, it's called the Crisis Text Line. And you can just text and talk to someone. Oh my so God. if you're having panic or depression, we deal with suicidal thoughts even, like anything, like the whole gauntlet. It is. Can I text him about Carol and Bethany's fight? I'm sure I would love to receive that. <laughs> um, you can text for any issue. And I, I like that idea because it, it might feel safer uh, for a lot of people that struggle speaking. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's called crisis text line and you can text and get help and then they will route you to other help if you need additional help, but it's a great hub to start. Yes. And we're also going to be hearing from some of the guests we've had in the past because some of our previous episode, we've talked to people who have given us advice like uh, of ways that they deal with dark times or yeah. actual depression, actual anxiety, things like that. So um, I hope you all stick around. And uh, one more thing of like paperwork stuff. Mm-hmm. I want to say that because this episode is so different, I want everyone to head on over to patreon.com slash everything iconic. And I'm going to be giving everyone the uh, bonus episode with Scott Evans from last week. Oh. And then also uh, the first Housewives of New York season two recap that we did on there. So you won't have to pay. I'm giving it to everyone for free. So if they're not interested in this episode, they can go listen to those. And then hopefully it'll encourage people to join the Patreon. Yeah. Or if you're having a tough month, those episodes might help you. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) So did you know? So 18.1% of Americans suffer from depression, schizophrenia, or bipolar. And we talked about bipolar with... Um, when Mariah came out with that People Magazine yeah. cover, which I thought was so important. So important. I mean, someone of her uh, stature and her generation talking so openly about yeah. bipolar 2 disorder. Yeah, I was fascinated by it. I hate to be, as someone that suffers from depression um, for my whole life, whenever somebody says, oh, that celebrity's going crazy, 
I default to empathy. Like I think something larger is going on Mm -hmm. and yeah, I can, I can have fun with the pop culture moments, but I'll never forget that day on TRL when she came Mm, to set with like a ice cream truck or push cart, whatever. Something clearly was going on. Something was going Mm -hmm. on. And I think that, you know, if like Buzzfeed did a list or something of like Mariah moments, like that would be up there. Yeah. (laughs) You know, but really it was maybe a cry for help. It was a moment that probably someone close to her hopefully was like, let's look into this. And for her to not only get a diagnosis, which is an amazing step for her Mm -hmm. personally, but to decide to come out publicly about it. It gives so much hope for, I'm sure, so many people that are dealing with something similar or maybe encouragement to go out and get a diagnosis if they're unsure. I just thought that was so bold of her to do and is invaluable. Totally. And I mean, everyone knows that I love her so, so much, but I still think it's so important and it's not to be... Uh, gosh, I always feel like Selena and Demi and like all those younger generation girls, like they've been pretty open about their own struggles with mental yeah. health. But someone of Mariah's generation, like those yeah. girls and, you know, girls and boys, <laughs> they're <laughs> not as open about mental health issues. Right. So I felt like it was like the cherry on top. So I was so excited. And I don't know that it really got the respect. It does, nothing Mariah does ever gets the respect that uh, deserves in my mind. I agree. Yeah. I always wanted them to know that I'm up here. And that you're down there. There's so much stuff happening in the world right now that perhaps it, you know, got buried by other things. But also maybe it's because it's hard to talk about. Yeah. So even that little step of hers, if it didn't get as much play as we wanted and people talking about it, at least it's there and something can build on top of it for next time we're ready to have that public discussion. Yeah. You know, doing this episode, we had talked about it a while back and Mm -hmm. I felt like I really wanted to do it, but I was also very scared because like I've mentioned you know, the depression, anxiety in the past, but I've never really like told anyone other than a professional. Oh, okay. And like the people very, very close to me. Gotcha. Like my exact experiences. So I was like so nervous to kind of do this episode. Oh, well, I'm so happy that you're doing (laughs) it. Are you nervous at all? No, I talk about it all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I talk about my stuff all the time. Yeah. No, I'm not that nervous. I want to do it. Okay. So let me just break down what I went through. Great. Here we go. Put in a sound effect here. (laughs) So when I, a few years back, about four years back, I went through some very personal and career setbacks. So I had like, I had a grandparent die. I had a, you know, my dream career, what I thought was going to be my dream career kind of collapsed. And all of these things in my life, these outside forces that happened, caused me to go in this really dark place. And I, um, first of all, my story, everyone's story is different, right? Like, so I was diagnosed at the time with depression, but looking back on it now, after doing some research, I realized there were like shades of other things in there too. Sure. So I'm talking about it in uh, context of depression, but I think, you know, everyone's situation is different. And even me looking back on it now, I'm like, wait a minute, that was different. Yeah. Um, And if I could back up even further in college, I, had started to notice getting physical symptoms of anxiety. Mm. And I went to the doctor, they prescribed me with depression medication and I didn't take the medication. And looking back on that experience, I realized I wasn't depressed at that time. That was Mm. anxiety. Mm -hmm. So anyway, cut fast forward to about four years ago, I was going through this weird time and I started to get where I couldn't leave the house. Like Mm. I felt like I didn't want to leave the house Anytime I did leave the house, I would feel like I was just antsy to get back to the house in my safe place. Mm. 
it was a, it was a very hard for me to do anything. And I started to notice the people that I love the most, I started to look at them like they were evil. Does that make oh. sense? Or it was like, I felt like everyone was against me and doing some research and getting some help. I realized that that was sort of the depression convincing me mm. that, you know, everyone was against me and that. Yeah. And like a value thing, like a self-worth thing. Yeah. 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 I, and I remember seeing this documentary uh, on HBO and it was an animated thing. It was like an animated short and they were showing when you get depressed, like sort of the clouds come in and everything looks dark. Mm-hmm. Right. And I had never felt that before. And there was this, you know, moment where I couldn't get out of bed and I remember looking outside and it looked like everything was dark. Like everything appeared dark to me. Mm-hmm. Even the people that I loved, I would see their faces and it was like, I felt like they didn't love me and they didn't, Yeah, you know, it was like they were, they were different people to my eyes. Wow. And then I remember about th- this. So this was over a, about a two and a half week period Okay, where it was like crippling. Mm-hmm. Like I could not, I couldn't get out of bed. I didn't want to do anything. I'm a very rational person and I can see things clearly. I could see part of my brain could see like, you need to snap out of this. Right. Right. Like I knew that, but the depression, when it starts to take over, you can't hear anything but that dark voice. Exactly. Like you can have both those thoughts in your mind at the same time, Mm. but the, the power that that cloud has is so much more heavy than that rational thought trying to break through. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's like, you know that you need to get out of bed. You know that you need to get to the gym or get to this commitment you have or something, Mm -hmm. but it's like, you can't, that rational thought can't come through. Yeah. And I remember wanting to kind of get out of this. And so I I was like trying to do things and I would push myself as, as hard as I could to get to the gym. A lot of days that meant I couldn't get there, but mm-hmm. you know, I would try to do things that I know would help me. Like put your clothes on to go to the gym and then yeah. not make out the door. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, like I, it was, it was debilitating, but yeah. I remember about three weeks in, I told Matt, my boyfriend at, at the time uh-huh. and now, yeah. <laughs> um, but I was like, let's go to Disneyland. Cause oh. in my head, I like the rational thought came through and was like, this can, you can get to Disneyland and Disneyland's the happiest place on earth. Right. Like let's inject happiness at like mm-hmm. the most intense yeah. form I can. <laughs> well, it didn't work, <laughs> but I remembered this was like my lowest point. And this okay. is where there were shades of other things, which again, I'm not diagnosing myself with anything, but this is just my experience. So I remember driving to Disneyland and I'm like nervous. I've never said this. Anyway, I remember driving to Disneyland. Matt was driving. We were on the freeway. And I remember looking out the window and that the dark clouds and everything were outside. It was a bright, shiny day. And my mm. the rational thinking was like, this is a beautiful day. Yeah. You know, we're going to Disneyland. And I saw the cars on the side of the road. Like I am ima- my my brain was imagining them falling off. Wow. Like I I was picturing everything. It didn't even seem like I was in re- I wasn't even in reality. I wow. was in like some other space and I could I could visually see the cars falling off the freeway and I I looked over at Matt and I thought he's it was it didn't look like him to me it looked mm. like an evil <laughs> this sounds so silly and so ridiculous but I remember uh on in Batman Begins do you remember when Christian Bale like 
or the scarecrow like injects the people with that, uh-huh, like, yeah. serum and they see people like as these clay dark things. Yeah. That was how I was seeing people. Wow. That's and intense. I, I made Matt pull over to the side of the road and I put in my um, meditation app from my phone. Okay. Because I, I really felt like I was losing it. Like I felt like I needed sure. to get home. I was like, I can't make it. I can't get to Disneyland. <laughs> I was yeah, like, I need yeah. to get home back to like my safe place. And he's like, just breathe. Like he could tell that my panic started to catch on and yeah. I was breathing really heavy. So he pulled over. I listened to my meditation app, which is like a guided, that Headspace app, mm-hmm. ever, which I think is great yeah. if you need it. But um, I put on the Headspace app and uh, listened to it for 10 minutes and it was enough to get me to go to Disneyland. Great. And I got to Disneyland, but then the whole day things were still, that darkness still kept creeping in. Sure. And I remember the whole day I was just thinking, I want to get home. Right. And I see pictures from that day and I look vacant. Like yeah. Matt and I took pictures with like the characters and stuff. And I feel like I'm not there. Yeah. And I remember even in my head thinking like, I I didn't even want to tell Matt exactly what I was seeing. Right. Like I was ashamed of saying like, I'm not even seeing faces properly. Because you're worried if you would sound crazy. Yeah, I sound crazy, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like I, and, it, and the rational part of me knew that that was crazy, but I... I was seriously visualizing this stuff. So I got home that day, that evening, like when we got home from Disneyland, and mm-hmm. I was so excited to get back to my bedroom. Like I was just like, I felt a sense of relief when I got back to my be- bedroom. And when I got that relief, I thought like, holy shit, I need to get a professional help. You right. know, like okay. I was like, this is, I can't. That was your bottom kind of in a way. Take this on my own. Yeah. And then I also need to make sure that I'm doing everything that I can to snap out of this. So I need to meditate regularly. Right. I need to exercise. Like I need to do everything. And so then over the course of two weeks, like I was two more weeks, I was still seeing the darkness. Like I was still creeping in. And I think, you know, there's, I I think maybe, look, I don't want to diagnose myself, but there was maybe some little bit of bits of schizophrenia or something along with it, Mm. the depression. But after it was literally a, an exact month of when I felt the darkness really creeping in. Mm-hmm. Like before then I had had some lowish moments or, you know, I wanted to be in bed or, you know, sure those, w- those kind of moments. But then there was a month period where it was debilitating. Right. And then it peaked at Disneyland. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds so stupid. Oh my gosh. I mean, that's poetic in its own way. And then, so it was a, mu- a, a literally a month had gone by and that was after that month, that was when I felt like, not that I was healed by any means. Like I'd still, you know, for a long time after that month had struggled to get out of the house, had struggled to see things clearly, mm-hmm. but there was a month where it was completely debilitating. Right. And, and you I, didn't have the tools necessarily. To, no, I didn't know. Yeah. And then, so I started seeing a therapist. The therapist helped so, so much. That's great. Like seeing a therapist and actually vocalizing these right. issues that are going on. It's like, Oh, okay. I'm not, or I, maybe I'm a little crazy, but <laughs> it's something that I can get through. Yeah. And I, I mean, I hate the word crazy. I love the word crazy. Yeah, yeah. I say it all the time. But I think I use it an understanding that crazy is not a medical term. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, uh, it's not anything to be ashamed of. Like, crazy I use in a more lighthearted way. But yeah. I totally understand people fearing that judgment from others mm-hmm. and using that term, yeah. you know? But yeah, and it's like I I I remember going through that and I always say like the side effects last forever. Like I don't right. feel that I, I may have only been suffering from really debilitating depression for a month, mm-hmm. you know, but 
I still have anxiety issues and I still always worry that I'm going to pop into that place. Sure. And that's why I stay away from dark stuff or things that are triggering. I shouldn't just say dark stuff because sometimes I could watch like a drama or something, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that are triggering to that. And I'll, I have the tools now to know like, okay, I'm slipping into that darkness. Mm-hmm. I need to make sure that I get out of it. That's huge. But it's hard. I mean, it's hard. No, I know. It's so hard. Um, and it's like, you, even with plans, like sometimes you cancel plans or something. I'm saying I cancel plans uh-huh. or something. <laughs> and I think what, sometimes it's because it's too hard. You know, it's yeah. not because you're trying to get out of it or something. Oh, nine times out of 10 when I cancel on someone, it's because I'm having anxiety or depression related mm-hmm. issues. It's not because I don't want to go. Yeah. So, <laughs> so what are, what are, what are, talk about your experience. Um, oh, wait, add a sound effect in here. <laughs> Rotten hail, Jax. Um, well, first of all, thank you for sharing your story. I didn't know that. I just, it's like, gosh, I don't want to say embarrassing. I'm, I encourage everyone to tell their story, but I've never told, I've never told like mass people that. No. And I mean, I've never told a podcast myself, yeah. but I think even just showing that you're a little hesitant to listeners yeah. is and, you helpful. Know, I'm pretty open about everything, but that's something I've just never really shared. And there's of course more details and more intricacies right. to it, but this isn't a four hour show. Yeah, no, I will tell my shorthand version yeah. as well. I have suffered from depression, anxiety my whole life. Basically the first time I sought help was in high school after a suicide attempt. Um, I was also having panic attacks throughout high school. I will say maybe it's just the the care that my family took me to, or maybe it's because I was in Ohio, which is a little landlocked and maybe some medical POVs. But like I have found in my experience that medical professionals have very different takes on what you're going through. Mm-hmm. Like what you just described of of the visuals that you're having, like right. to therapists or psychiatrists, they can take that and understand what that means psychologically. Mm-hmm. But when you go to like a primary care physician. A primary care physician. They're not necessarily like exploring what the issues are. Yeah. So that's what happened to me. I was put on meds very early or, you know, during Depression the, the teenage years. Yeah, exactly. Um, after the suicide attempt. Um, and then I've been on and off of them for my whole life. And I have my own stigma issues with medicine. Yes, there are some things that people need to be on them. You know, it's more chemical and all that stuff. But I do believe that there's some gray area of, of living without it. But it requires a lot of work and a lot of management. And that is what I struggle with. I am really bad at having a consistent managing. I feel like I've tried it all. Mm -hmm. I've tried meditating. I exercise and eat right. I've tried meds. I've tried body work. I've gone hypnotized. Like Mm -hmm. I've tried everything in the world and I, while they all work, I have to do them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. that is Mm -hmm. what's hard for me. Especially when you're in a, uh, a place where it's, hard to do anything. Yeah. Let alone do something that's self-care. Exactly. You were sharing how you know you you were aware enough to know when something was bad and then you were trying to write it. And even if mm-hmm. it took longer than you one would hope, it sounded like you got there pretty quickly in your story. And that's great. It's something that I continue to struggle with. Um I'm currently coming out of a depressive bout and for me it's a 6-month one. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So it can get pretty bad. You know, that's the one thing I really want to reiterate is everyone's cases are so different. So different. Yeah. 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 Um, and just other little highlights of my stuff. <laughs> um, you know, I think the mid twenties is a really important time for mental health, mm-hmm. mid to late twenties. Literally, like if you can get into the science of the brain developing during that period and all this stuff, it's definitely um a medical 
moment in time of your brain chemistry where things come up. Like mm-hmm. bipolar disorder is, you know, that's one of those things that isn't normally like even noticed until your tw- late twenties mm-hmm. because that's when your brain is formed and all these things. I think just the stresses of growing up affect a lot of people in their twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just so much going on. And I had a really bad bout of depression and anxiety. I was having panic attacks, like the kind that you can't get off the floor mm-hmm. for hours. Do you watch this is us? Yes. Do you, when Randall had that, he's had panic attacks on there yeah, before. And yeah. I always feel like it's such a good representation of it panic is. Attacks. Yeah. That's yeah. me. A ball yeah. on the floor, or I mean, this doesn't sound maybe funny to people, but uh, the we'll one laugh. memory of this we'll time laugh. we're allowed to laugh. <laughs> this, I mean, I think it's all funny because yeah, yeah. if it's not funny, it's just sad. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah. like to laugh at myself about it because I generally believe that everyone is going through something of this at a moment in time, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I'm just being a loud mouth about it. Yeah. So it's funny. Uh, but I was living with a good guy friend of mine, and again, like just a period of intense panic attacks, like multiple a day. So there would just be days where I'm just panic attack, recovery, panic attack, recovery should have been in a hospital. But anyway, I was face down on so much out of you. Yeah. Yeah. Physically. Like I, it was like no showering, no eating that kind of point. And I remember one day I was face down on my floor, like a, a laminate wood floor. And my guy friend came in and he was like, if you, he's like a good brother. He was just like, if you don't get up off this floor, by the time I get home from grocery stores, I don't know what to do with you. (laughs) I was like, and for some reason, just that little like Mm -hmm. tough love helped me. And he really snapped me out of it. I think had I lived alone, it would be a little different. Um, I ended up going to a doctor and realized that I had had Bell's palsy. Oh, wow. From stress of it. Yeah. There thus began, began a long medical journey of me going Uh to every fucking doctor in the world. Um, and to this day, my face still feels different. Uh, like the right side of my face, which is where the, the palsy was. But, you know, I, I went in that medical moment of time. I had, I went to different specialists, you know, like an eye doctor or whatever. And some doctors literally would say out loud, you can't have physical um, effects from mental issues. Wow. And it's wow. like, wh- That's what? all you have. <laughs> That's yeah. all I have. Like, hello? Is I there- think it, it really does manifest in physical symptoms. I For mean, sure. I talk a little bit about this with Kirby, who's our guest later, but when I was diagnosed with anxiety back in uh, college, mm-hmm. I went into the doctor initially because I had, my skin was really itchy. Oh. And I was getting really uh, stressed all the time. Uh-huh. And it was manifesting itself in where my blood felt like it was. Yeah. And it still happens to this day. Like I, when I start to get anxious, my Uh skin, like there's certain parts on my body that get so like, I cannot scratch the itch. Wow. Yeah. And then immediately I start to get cystic acne in certain places that I, you know, always get it. And I can tell when my body starts itching in those certain places, it means I need to do something about it. It means I need to, you know, go back to those, pillars of of working out and journaling and mm-hmm. meditating all that stuff. Yep. Because I know that that's sort of the start of it is the itchy skin and then wow. the acne comes after that and then you know what's after that is you know not good. <laughs> but Yeah, yeah. But it's like almost it's a weird sort of signal for me and it's a physical symptom that I know is caused by anxiety. That's But yeah, I went into the doctor and I was like I, I didn't know if it was like an STD or what it was. And I, at the time I was closeted, which mm. is obviously like looking back now, I'm like, that was the cause, the initial cause of my anxiety at the time mm-hmm. because I didn't feel comfortable being myself. I was back in Ohio in a, you know, surrounded by a conservative family. And 
I was afraid to sort of come out of the closet. And then the anxiety manifested itself into these physical symptoms. So they tested me for STDs. And that's what the primary care physician had initially thought it was. Uh. And then looking back now and knowing my body and knowing that that's still the the physical symptoms that erupt within me. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Erupt within me. That should be the name of my my, uh, autobiography. Yeah. (laughs) Erupt within me. Also something I'd like Chris Hemsworth to do on a Saturday night. <laughs> that was gross. <laughs> Don't cut that. Oh, I will not. <laughs> so Chris, good. if you're listening, erupt within me. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so yeah, that's it's like knowing that now. I'm like, these are the physical symptoms of my mental health. Yeah, I I think the the mental health world is just starting to get going with actual medical research. There's just so much we don't know. And so... And because everyone's brains work fucking different. Right. Like, we don't even understand hormones yet, you know? So the idea that you... You know, I'm a true believer in, like, you and you alone know your health and body. You know, like, if I go to a doctor, I question them a little bit, and I'll go get a second opinion or whatever just because... It's not a true science. It's not yeah. math. Like one plus one doesn't always equal two. Yeah. And a lot of it's trial and error on their end. So like just being open and active and present with what you're going through, that is all you can do for yourself. And yeah. that's really all most doctors can do for you, you know? So let's talk a little bit about how you overcome these things. Like what do you do? And then I'll tell you what I do. Okay. Yeah. Journaling really works well mm-hmm. for me. Me too. Um, meditating is huge. That Headspace app, I promise it's like... A great investment. It's a couple dollars on okay, it's an app yeah. on your phone. Yeah, and it's obviously there's better ways to meditate, and there's, there's other tons of ways. Yeah, there's so many ways, and I really want to get into transit. That's what I've like, done. Are, I did. TM. Oh my god. Oh my god yeah. Have to, yeah. Yeah. I but Headspace like for a beginner if you're listening you've never meditated before like I got my mom to do this because she oh had been great going through some stuff and it's just such an easy first introduction to meditation. Yeah. Like, like it's a good in for people yeah. that might be skeptical. Even. And if you're not sure, yeah, if you're not sure it's a guided meditation, it's mm. so easy to work and it starts, you start with either five or 10 minutes a day. Cool. And it's so easy to just start to learn that meditation helps. Yes. Like for five minutes you'll say, oh, this helps a little bit. And then you might want to learn more about, you know, better versions of meditation. Right. But yeah. Uh, it's called the headspace. The, literally, I say to my friends, like, TM saved my life. Mm-hmm. Um, during that Bell's palsy uh, panic attack issue, uh, or sorry, moment in time, I was doing my own meditation from, there's this great book called Mindfulness, which just teaches the idea of taking over power of your brain and strengthening neurons. It gives you a science behind the mental health, yeah. which I'm just a bit of a book nerd. So like, I needed to know that it was possible to defeat my brain because mm. I'd been dealing with it for so long. So I was feeling a lot of hopelessness. I was just like, Oh, I'm just like this cursed human that will live with this shit the rest of my life. And there's nothing to do. Mm-hmm. And this was the first time in a long time that, a that something was given to me, you know, that wasn't a therapist or something like that, a resource that there was science behind it and how meditation helps your brain mm-hmm. and can help reroute it. And that opened my world. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. felt like for the first time I could take this on yeah. and I just have to be diligent about it. So from there I got into different types of meditation. Have you ever gone to group meditations? No. It is. <laughs> I sound on the verge of cultiness. It's so powerful. Really? Like I believe in just energy, right? Like yeah. I'm sitting here with you. I feel different because I'm sitting here with you, mm-hmm. you know, just as simple as that. I don't go crazier, Yeah, but like so, I think a little you, crazy is okay though. I mean, yeah, LA is so fucking crazy. Oh my god, I know. <laughs> like yeah. there's all the. I mean, here we are sitting and doing a podcast about mental health, 
which couldn't be any LA or but right. I think a lot of the things that they offer that people offer here, I mean, everyone here is on some sort of journey to get better. That's what I th- yeah, that's why whenever people ask me like, ugh, LA or how do you live there? Like I actually think the through line of the city is that. Yeah. yeah. And you can call that bullshit. You can cut it down left and right with with easy things of like, oh, you, you drive a Prius and drink green juice. It's like, yeah, but they're actually like really good things. And it's yeah. sometimes it's hard for people to do things that are positive because that's harder than being a negative person. Totally. You know? Totally. You know, I always notice uh, my eating habits affect my mood so much. Oh my gosh, much. so I mean, much. And I wrote, I helped Bob write that diet book and I did a lot of research into it. And, you know, the amount of the effects of eating healthy on the brain are so vast. Like, mm. it's very important to get, like, a very proper diet. And for me, the more strict I am with a diet, the better I am. But then it yeah. also brings out a different side of crazy where it's like you can become obsessed with. Right. Which is his own form of eating yes. disorder. Yes, Um But so there's, like, a, ba- everything's it's a, balance. a balance, right? Everything's a balance. Yeah. You know, I also make lists a lot of – I make lists of the things that I need to do to get – better. So those lists mm. include like journaling, meditating, working out, eating healthy. But mm-hmm. then in general, making lists for me helps my anxiety. So totally. I've talked about that on the show. Like sometimes I think, you know, just listing things will really help or, or ranking. I love ranking. You do love ranking. Oh my God. Yeah. I love ranking. Cause it's like, if I'm going crazy in my head and I can't turn off all of it. Yeah. Then if I sit down and I say, I'm going to rank <laughs> the share, sh- my favorite share movies. It's like, it just, it takes me out of everything else going on That's and so helps nice. me like sit for a minute. That's just so awesome that you have that. Yeah. I don't, I don't have anything You like could, that. you should do it. I know. Just rank I shit. know. <laughs> I do like lists, but then sometimes they'll give me anxiety. So it's like 50, oh, 50. Interesting. Yeah. I'm still a little twisted. Yeah, I mean, there's so many things you can do. Number one, I think talking to someone professional really helps. Yes, I just started seeing a new therapist. Do you like them? Love. Yeah. And I actually don't think I've ever been to a male therapist because I have some tra- sexual trauma issues. Yeah. Men are the worst. Men are the <laughs> worst. Um, so I was a little hesitant, but my GP actually suggested me to okay. this guy. And love it. Yeah. Love it. Talking to someone and not only talking to a professional, making sure you get a good match is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mentioned lists and one of the best things to do is to write a list of things that you like to do. Yes. So you can always go back to that list. So if, if uh, watching a specific TV show makes you happy, right? like um, if I'm watching the view makes me happy, it really <laughs> does. But so it's like, then I need to make sure that did I watch that show that day or right. whatever it is, if a certain movie you've got mail makes me so happy and Aww. it like brings me back to a safe place or the show friends really yeah. kind of does it for will and grace. When I was going through that rough time of, of that month, uh-huh. I remember Matt would put on and he hates watching the shows I like. <laughs> he, he does not like will and grace like or whatever. <laughs> And he would put on Will and Grace for me for just because he knew that that would be like a momentary where I'd kind of get out of my head and yeah. and kind of loosen up a little bit. That's so nice. So it's like make a list of those things that, or, or if a certain food makes you happy, right. like the littlest tiny things. Yeah. If getting in the shower makes you ha- feel a little bit pr- better, write that on the list. Yeah. And then you can go and refer go to it, it when if you're absent a, of what to do. Making uh, your bathroom into like a spa. Oh my gosh. I recently just did uh, that. It's the best. Because I'm not a bath person, but mm. I'm becoming one yeah oh my god i think it's like the best if you yeah. can i never fit in any bathtubs because no, i'm six yeah. three it's the worst well and i'm only 
5'10", but it's still, nothing, in LA, I nothing mean, fits me. Yeah, it's the worst. But I, if I could get to a hotel or something. Oh my God, yes. Like get in a big bathtub, put some bath salts in. Yep. I know, just I just got some do the whole, bath salts. Yeah, do the whole Oof. thing. Like buy some candles for yourself. Yep. Create your bathroom into a spa. Yep. And it's like gives you an activity to do for the night. Totally. Uh, in addition to exercising, eating right, meditating. Real Housewives of New York. Your likes, Yeah. Something that helped me was creating a home base for me. Like, I love that you said, like, being home was your safety. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had lived with roommates, and I had really great roommates, but since I've been living alone, I was able to, like, really make it my space. Mm. And so for me, that means, like, a very calm environment. It's all very, like, white and minimal, and that just makes my brain feel settled, you know? But so it took me a minute to learn that, but now I love, like, lighting a candle when I get home, Mm -hmm. and I can't even smell. But just the you idea. You don't have any sense of smell. <laughs> no, I have zero sense of smell. Oh my god, you know. Matt hates my candles because I always light the I like go on Bath and Body Works binges, <laughs> <laughs> and I will literally buy like ten candles and have them shipped, and then I'll light them, and Matt is always blowing them out because <laughs> he hates the smell. He hates them. Yeah, he hates <gasps> the smell. No, I know. I have to ask my friends what it smells like, and then they tell me, and then I'm like, okay, that sounds like something I would want that's to have. I, that's on my list of things I love to do is buy candles, going to the store or going uh, to their website online, and just picking out new scents. Oh my god, I love it. Uh, I have holiday to go candle scents, shopping. holiday time. <laughs> oh, I go crazy. Oh my god, I go crazy. <laughs> like when they start to get the pumpkin ones in, I die. Now, is it like pumpkin spice? They're, they're all different pumpkins. It's like sweet cinnamon pumpkin, oh. pumpkin cupcake. Like pumpkin like cupcake. Pumpkin waffle mix. Like it's <laughs> now I want pumpkin waffles. Oh, my God. I have pump- pumpkin waffle mix. Uh, okay, cupboard. we have to go candle shopping sometime. Oh, my God. It's my favorite thing. Seriously, it's so fun. I don't even know. Uh, and then you I'm like getting giddy. Oh <laughs> I'm like getting so excited. <laughs> I'm more excited about this than Chris Hemsworth erupting in me. <laughs> <laughs> Which is another issue. It's another episode. Oh my god! Yeah. Um, I I do do my fair share of emotional shopping, which mm. is exclusive to clothes, because um, it ties in with my self actualization and self worth very easily. But I love watercoloring. That's another oh, thing I do. I do do a lot of arts. Like I found a lot of therapists will be like, do collages. Do do. <laughs> do, do thank you. Do, I had to. Come um, you know the people at home were listening and they're like, say doo-doo. Like, yeah. <laughs> too bad you don't have to. Danny's like a- not reacting to doo-doo. <laughs> it's too serious. Um, yeah, I like the artistic pursuits of, yeah, of yeah. dealing with stuff too. Yeah, coloring. Those coloring books are so fucking popular. Yeah, I know. I mean, they were a couple years ago and they're still a little bit popular. Yeah. But, um, yeah, just adult coloring books. But I thought peaceful. that was so cool. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and it's rela- and it's meditative. Like, essentially, it all goes back to that, right? Yeah. Like, of trying to find something that calms you down. Yeah. So, whatever you can find that does that and then you know when you need that that's you know mental health 101 also we're doing this podcast sort of selfishly because we're talking about this stuff and it's feels good to get it out right 100% and I think just talking to anyone about any of the things you're going through is very helpful and I know some people live in in climates or places where they don't maybe feel as comfortable being Mm -hmm. as open, you know, they're surrounded by people they're not as comfortable being open with. Yeah. I know there's a lot of people that reach out to me and say like, I'm gay, but I'm not out yet. You Mm -hmm. know, they're, they're not comfortable being out yet. And so I know it's hard to talk about things, but just know that the more you kind of talk about things, the easier everything becomes and the better you feel. Absolutely. Just getting it out of, because when you hold it in, you're holding it in and you're, you're letting the darkness take over inside and just kind of spitting it out really helps. My advice would be if you lived in a town where you feel like you don't, ha- you know, you don't even have the means to go speak to someone, 
journal yeah. or find like the one friend yeah. or if you're like or in DM any time on, DM me online yeah. like I I'll try to you know I try to get back to everyone sometimes yeah. it's hard but you know just getting out to me I'm not going to share it with anyone yeah you guys can direct message me on Twitter I need a new yeah, Instagram just send it over I mean and I'll you know we'll try our best but yeah but just you know to get it out exactly well Whitney this was so fun I could talk and talk and talk and talk so thank you so much let's play a sound effect here okay Uh, maybe the Tommy can you hear me Tommy can you hear me I love that I love that so Whitney and I talked pretty openly about things that we do to help our own mental health and we've had a lot of iconic guests that have come on and talked about things that they do and the, the struggles they've been through. Yeah. Uh, our very first guest was Bob Harper from The Biggest Loser and his episode got deleted from the interwebs because of music <laughs> issues. Uh, but he actually suffered from a heart attack last year and went through a pretty dark depression period and he talked pretty openly about how he kind of got out of that uh, and I want to share just a quick little clip of him talking about it. Uh, I can tell you what I did. And uh, the only thing that I was allowed to do was um, walk. And I couldn't walk. I couldn't walk fast. And I couldn't walk long. Um, And it was so nice because people in the beginning, they, my friends wanted to walk with me. And I was just like, I knew that like, that didn't make me feel good, because it was a reminder of how how far I how much strength I had lost because all of a sudden I'd be walking with a friend and I'd be like you're gonna have to slow down a little bit and like that just didn't make me feel good you know and so what I would do like it makes me emotional um I just I had my dog Carl the sweetest dog this the best dog in the entire world and it was just like my dog and I walk in the streets of New York and it was just like, it was a meditation for me to just like get out there and just like do that. Just like, that was all I could do. And I would do that. Like you and I have worked out for years. You know how I get into it. It's like, I'm like, I'm all in. And like that, I was doing that exact mentality with just what I was with my small walks. And you've got to find something that's going to make you feel good. Like if you're going through something that is really, you're struggling and you're, you're depressed about um, whatever it is that you are getting depressed about, you've got to find one thing that makes you feel good. And you've got to surround yourself with that. I was like, I used to love being around my catty friends and like, you know, and we'd like talk shit about uh, things. And it's just like that, just doesn't feel good for for me anymore. And like, I have to really protect myself. And like, and I tell people, especially people that deal with depression, it's so easy to fall back into old ways. It's so easy to just like put yourself in a situation that's going to just like think you're going to feel better from it and you're only going to feel worse. And so I've had to, I had to really protect myself and I, and I, and I do it to this day. It's like, I do what makes me feel good. We also talked to Ariana Maddox from Vanderpump Rules, and she, uh, you know, went through some body image issues very publicly on the show, which I thought was great. So good. Uh, and she talked about on our show some of the things she does to help her, you know, deal with those issues. I have good days and bad days, yeah. um, but I definitely I've put a lot of work into my brain, and I think that I'm definitely like getting better. Um, there will be days where I'm literally like hell yeah, I'm going to wear these shorts or hell yeah, Tom, let's fuck, you know? And then there's some days where I'm just not, you know? But I think that, like I said before, it's like training your brain a little bit. And it's kind of like you really have to every day make the choices to get rid of those thoughts. And it takes work, but I think I'm getting there. My suggestion is to find online, there's like online um, groups or communities where people I feel like 
connect. Like there's one on a page on Instagram called raw beauty talks. And I feel like it's daily reminders. It's also daily reminders of like, there's other people out there that have the same things going on. We also talked to Billy Lee, who's the first trans person on Vanderpump Rules, and she shared a little bit about her struggles and how she got through them. I, I definitely work really hard on like trying to ground myself and um, just yoga, meditation, and really not lose it. But I have found myself a little bit more like stressed and a little bit more anxiety um, recently, and I think that's too is just being vulnerable and telling my story and telling my truth. And, you know, people are inspired, but at the end of the day, like it's my real truth and I experienced it and I'm still healing from some things from Mm. my childhood. I've talked a lot on the show about anxiety and depression um, that I experienced. What do you do to kind of get out of that fun? Go outside and connect with the planet because earth is so beautiful and it just has so many healing aspects to it. And even just walking barefoot and grounding and connecting with the planet, it really does ground me. It makes me feel so good. Um, yeah, I, there's times where I just like, I need to go for a walk and I literally will take my shoes off and I'll walk around my neighborhood like a crazy person. But yeah. I just, that's what does it for me. And obviously yoga too. Like I really, and practicing with just your breath work, sometimes I just forget to breathe. I think we all mm-hmm. do. And it's like, if you just take some deep breaths, it always feels better. Because we also have Kirby Slager on the show, who's a dear friend of mine, and she's going to talk a little bit about the work she's doing now and a very you know, compelling story about what she went through. So I'm so excited. Let's bring Kirby out. All right. I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like I love checking out real estate listings, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. Okay, guys, I'm here with Kirby. Kirby, I love you. I haven't seen you in forever. We used to do sketch and improv, and we used to perform together all the time. Mm-hmm. We were on an improv team. Yes. And I love your story. And this sounds really lame, but I love your journey. <laughs> It is. It is. It's a journey. We're all on a it journey. truly, truly is. Yeah. Before I get into your journey, mm-hmm. yes, <laughs> we're going to talk about mental health and kind of how it relates to you and what you're doing now and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But before we do, I want to talk about your pop culture sort of touchstones. Mm-hmm. So what um, what kind of stuff do you like? What do you watch on TV? What kind of movies do you like? What's your favorite movie? Yes. Ooh, my favorite movie. So definitely, uh, definitely has to go back to Christopher Guest and the uh, mm. Best in Show for sure. sure. And it makes so much sense now because I also work with animals and I work with dogs in particular. Um, so I've just always had this connection with animals. And then that coupled with the improvisation and the genius of Christopher Guest mm. is like, forget about it. So funny. Um, 
I also I love romantic comedies. Like I just watched um, Sliding Doors again. <gasps> Gwyneth, wow, <laughs> so good. It was so good. I forgot about how good it was, and I love stories like that where like one little thing can change the course of someone's life. Totally. Um, and I TV. miss like that era of when we would get those high concept romantic comedies. I know. Like, I loved it. It was so great. Like yeah. that in Memento. I, <laughs> not a rom-com. <laughs> no. okay. Not, not yet. Speaking but. of mental health, I can't watch Memento because of my mental health. Like, really? Yeah, like I have to be very careful with what I watch because like it'll something dark will sink me in. Wow. Yeah. So I'm like very cautious of. TV show. I mean, that's why I want to watch a lot of like shitty reality TV. Yeah. Because it's like, I need to, I don't know, which is weird to people say like, how can you watch women fighting? Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's something therapeutic <laughs> there's about something, it. something like so soothing to me. <laughs> like I, I've been rewatching this show called Bethany Ever After and it's about Bethany Frankel and it's basically you're watching the de-evolution of her marriage. Oh like my it goodness. starts with, it starts with her marriage. Like the show starts with her wedding. <laughs> And then three seasons in, it's like they're, by the end of it, their marriage is dissolved. And, oh, my gosh. And they hate each other. And it's called Bethany Ever After. And they're still <laughs> going? After. Well, they ended at, they ended before the divorce. Okay. But then they had a very public, like, crazy divorce. And I watch it to go to sleep at night. <laughs> 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 I watch it. It, like, I put it on. And I'm like, oh, my God, I feel better <sighs> just knowing that. And she has the most shrill voice like in the, in the world, and I love it. <laughs> There's nothing quite as soothing as a divorce. That's true. No, That's, uh, no. Okay, so speaking of divorce. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what a transition. Great segue. What a transition. So I want to talk a little bit about, okay, so what are you doing now? Let's okay. start there. So now I'm stepping into um, kind of what I'm calling a primal instinct um, teacher, speaker, coach. I'm specifically working with women. I, I'm not against working with men. It just kind of, you know, I'm a woman and I can connect with women very sure. well. Um, sort of an empowerment coach, someone who uses um, the, I guess, gifts I have of primal instinct training and like tapping into our intuition, which is something we use so much in improv mm-hmm. and helping women connect with that space in their body and also helping them connect with their body because we become so detached from it. Mm. And I think this is actually perfect for you because mm-hmm. you've always had such like a calming presence. Thank you. Women for sure need the service, especially women in Los Angeles. I think there's a reason why I'm in this town specifically. Um, women in the entertainment industry, women who have just lost connection with their body, lost connection with who they are. Um, that will go into my story later, but I had completely lost connection with who I was on my own as an individual. And I instead sought out who I was in, um, the people I surrounded myself with and the people who I was in relationships with. How did you lose connection with your body and decide this is something I need to, to learn about and educate other people about? Yes. So it goes all the way back to, um, when I was 17 and I, had this sort of, it just felt like this hole or this lack or this void that I needed to fill. And at the time, of course, being young and inexperienced in life, I didn't really know what that was. And so, but but it just, it felt like there was this void. And so for me, which a lot of people do, I found food to fill the void. Mm-hmm. So I started to binge and then I would feel so sick to my stomach that I would then purge. Mm -hmm. And then that purge almost felt like I was also getting rid of some of the toxins. So it became this horrible cycle. And, um, and and something was that cycle. Yeah, it was, I mean, I feel like I really just healed it 
I'm 32, maybe two years ago, uh, maybe a little more, but not much. Mm -hmm. And I would always tell myself, uh, you know, I would go six months without it without binging and purging and I would think I was good and then something would trigger me or I would get in a situation where that void came back. Mm-hmm. And uh, and this is because I think really now looking back that I've always been this really bright, happy, sunshine person and I love being that for people, but I was not being that for myself. Mm. Um, and, and there's just balance with everything. Like I was being this bright, shiny person on the outside, but there has to be a balance somewhere. There has to be darkness. And I was so afraid of it that I literally stuffed it down with food um, instead of really just going there. That's so interesting that you say there has to be darkness. I totally agree. Mm-hmm. I think everyone has a piece of that in some way, and it comes out in different ways for different people. Yeah. But so your, your kind of outlet, or let's say, is was an eating disorder. Yes. Did you ever suffer from... Was there anxiety attached to that or depression or was there? Yeah, yeah. I was, um, I remember going to, when I went to college, I became so scared because I was finally on my own and there was no like, I feel like there was less chance of me getting caught, especially at a school where eating disorders were kind of normal. So, and I was in a sorority and it just, it was like kind of a thing that you don't talk about, Mm but everyone did it. Everyone did it. Um, And so I was so afraid of really just like losing my life because not, Long before I started college, I purged one night and like blood came out. Um, And my throat was just shot for like a week. And sorry, that was very graphic. No, it's okay. (laughs) But it's real. Um, So I was so afraid that I just started regulating my eating and really controlling it. And I lost like 30 pounds in I think two and a half months. Which I would also, I mean, I'm I'm obviously not a doctor and I prefaced this before in the intro and saying that I'm not you know, I, I'm not an expert on all this kind of stuff, but mm-hmm. that seems uh, to me like also an, another form of an eating disorder is when you're mm-hmm. addicted to control of what you're eating, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And then there's like addiction to exercise. There's mm-hmm. all kinds of, I guess, shades of it. But uh, my mom, you know, that's when she really clearly knew something was going on. So we went to a doctor and he just immediately diagnosed me with depression mm-hmm. and he wanted to get me on medication. And there was something within me. I have no idea what it was. But it was just like, no, you're not doing that. But then I had this thing in the back of my head of like, oh, I'm depressed. I'm, I'm like, there's something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And and that really stuck with me. And yeah, as the years went on, I just, I found different and new ways to fill the void is what kind of what I like to call it. And uh, my eating disorder would come back every once in a while and, or I would fill it with um, sex and mm. relationship and just became so codependent. And, um, yeah, it drove me to a place where, you know, I was married to an incredible man who I still very much love. And, and the thing is that I had never gotten to a point where my harming myself hurt anybody else. So I think it had to get to a point where I had to do something almost, I hate to say I had to, but it got to a point where I, I made a choice to have an affair, um, he was living on, across the country. Your husband was my there. yes, okay. my ex-husband was living across the country, and I, you know, made the choice to have an affair. And I think the implications of what happened after and having to tell him and seeing how like how much I hurt somebody else was where I had to get to in order to wake up to what was going on mm-hmm. inside me, because that is the moment which was 
just a little over a year ago that like my whole life changed. So that was sort of your low point, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like what I like to call my bathroom floor moment. Yeah. Because yeah, um, yeah. everyone... Grey's yeah. Anatomy. <laughs> yeah. <There's> a... <laughs> I hate that that's immediately what comes to mind is Catherine Heigl. <laughs> Catherine Heigl in season three of Grey's Anatomy. But, but seriously, anyway. who hasn't had one of those moments where you're like crying on the bathroom yeah. floor and it was... I cry in the shower a lot. Yes. Yeah, like my low points are usually in the shower. Yeah. yeah. I've like, you know gotten on my knees in the shower and just cried. And um, and it was one of those moments that you like read about and hear about where I was crying on my bathroom floor after the affair had happened, but I hadn't told my husband yet. And, um, and I heard a voice and the voice was just, you need to be alone. And it just kept coming until I finally listened to it. And I told him and I moved out and really like that first week of being away from the home is when all these things just started showing up in my life. What do you mean all these things? Like um, I moved into my brother's girlfriend at the time. He's now his wife. She was with him all the time. So she had this uh, loft in downtown. Okay. So I walked into her house or her apartment and this book fell off the shelf. And it was called, uh, gosh, I for some reason I always get it wrong, but I think it's called... Bridge to Terabithia? Yes. <laughs> the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yeah, <laughs> The lion, the witch, and the wardrobe, it fell. And you immediately were like, that's it. That's it. <laughs> and then I read Bossy Pants and everything was fixed and happy. Yeah. Um, no, it was, a, I think it's called How to Heal Your Life or You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. Okay. And she's an incredible woman who basically like healed herself from cancer with self-love and self-healing and affirmations. And so it fell on the floor. I started reading it. And that as well as my mother definitely saved my life because that night that I had told him that I'd had the affair, like, you know, I was at a place where I was just like, what's the point of being here? Mm. Yeah. Like here. Like on earth. Yeah. 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 Wow. Uh, Has, was that the only time you've ever felt that that was? No, no. I've definitely felt that before, but that Mm. was the most clear that that thought Mm -hmm. had ever been. And the closest I had ever come to, ending my life. Yeah. Um, and there was something in me that knew I wasn't going to, but I mean, I stood. I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. She was on like the 23rd or 28th floor of this huge building. And I was on the balcony looking down. And of course my first thought was like, Oh, but the people walking by, that's really mm-hmm. disturbing. <laughs> like it had nothing to do mm-hmm. with me. <laughs> yeah. Like you would have done it. If yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> not to laugh. We're not with no, the world but, this, but yeah, you know, I know, the thing is like pain is funny. Like there's, mm-hmm. there is humor in it. And, uh, and you have to laugh about all you this have stuff. to laugh about yeah. it. Oh you my goodness. To. It helps so much. Yeah. But yeah, I called my mom and she answered the phone and it was so like, when you called your mom, did you tell her how you were feeling? Not no. that. Yeah. No, but she could tell that she I was in a really bad place. Yeah. yeah. And so then how did you come out of this bad place? Yeah. So I promised myself. Would you say, mm-hmm. going back, would you say that, uh, gosh, I mean, you can't diagnose yourself, but would you, mm-hmm. it was just a dark place you were in. Yeah. I don't know. That's the yeah. thing. Like that's the gray area for depression for mm-hmm. me is that everybody goes through stuff. Yeah. Everybody Gosh, everybody has gone through so much pain. Like whether you've had, I had the best childhood, the best, most supportive family, Mm -hmm. amazing friends. I had everything going for me. An incredible husband who's very kind. Um, And yet I still found myself in this place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's it's tough to say, but. I totally relate to that. Mm -hmm. But um, wait, what was the question? uh, When you got out of that, when you called your mother. Oh, yes. The 
thing that there you know, again this like voice kind of came into my head which was mine but I just promised myself one more day. I was like just give yourself one more mm-hmm. day. And that became my mantra for gosh like 3 months I would say. Like I'm just just one more day. Kirby that's all you have to do. So for about a 3 month period you were still going through this darkness. Like yeah. when do you feel like the darkness lifted a little bit? Well, I do feel I mean within the next week it lifted enough for mm-hmm. me to start being able to see the gifts and the positivity that could come out of this experience. Um, and also I had an incredible therapist coach who, if you listen to this and you were looking for somebody, please reach out to me <laughs> because he, I mean, he's incredible. So that was very, very helpful. It's so interesting that you were able to kind of get from that place to start seeing the gifts because I think Mm -hmm. you can either go one of two places when you're in that dark spot. You can not see anything, any sort of positivity around you, or you can see it almost, it's highlighted around Mm -hmm. you because you've seen the darkest of darks. So it's like everything else seems bright in comparison. Yeah. And my mom said that night that I talked to her, she said, you know, there are two things that can happen with this situation. You, you know, she was very honest and she was like, you can take the darkness of this and just beat yourself up about it and um, go lower and lower or you can see where you can heal from this and how you can help. Um, help, I think, you know, yourself and also, I don't think she knew this at the time, but down the road, help other people. So now when people come to you, if they're looking for help and mm-hmm. they're in a dark spot, whether it be a, a relationship ending or, I mean, what other issues do people come to you? The, you know, you're helping these women now. Yeah. What do they come to you? What are their situations when they're coming to you? I think the uh, most common one I get is definitely body dysmorphia or body mm-hmm. image issues for sure. Um, as women, we've, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think a lot more men, especially in LA, go through it body image issues. Yeah. Um, I, I have myself and then I know other people who have, and it's just interesting. And maybe I shouldn't even say LA. I think nowadays, Mm -hmm. I I don't know. It's interesting. So I know we also have a lot of gay listeners. So I know if you're going through that, especially maybe in the gay community, it's pretty prominent. I don't know. I'd like to do like a whole deep dive on that. Yeah. (laughs) It's a really good point. Yeah. Women, I think are, well, it's not a comfortable thing to talk about, but I think women are more comfortable than men. (laughs) Totally. And it's more publicized within uh, media, I'd Absolutely. say that like women go through these things. And I just know from being within the gay community and my own struggles, it's like, I know men go through these things too. Absolutely. And I wish more people, t- I wish there was more people talking about men with that suffer from eating disorders or, yeah. I don't know. But anyway, I don't want to interrupt. No, that's a really good point. Yeah. And it is like to bring You're it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's You're right. very smart. You're very good at this. You should do this for a living. I'm the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this is like, so I feel like this is like my Diane Sawyer or like my serious, normally I'm talking to someone who's just like on reality TV. (laughs) (laughs) Even your body language is very like. I feel like really into it right now. I'm, I'm going to like change this whole podcast around. (laughs) Uh, I'm never talking about Countess Luann again. Never. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I always will. (laughs) Don't do that. People just had a mini heart attack. Scherzingberger. Well, I think the main thing that I was going to oh, say yeah. is like, which we talked about on the phone, was is just to start the conversation and to start talking about it because it's just there's so much that we just keep bottled up inside. So um, what's one little piece of advice or thing that you could teach someone that's listening that's going through like a really dark thing right now ooh. and they can't come to you, they're in um, Cleveland, Ohio mm-hmm. or wherever. Mm-hmm. Like what would you tell them to help them? Yes. Um 
That's crazy because there was actually a girl from Cleveland, Ohio that reached out to me. I'm from Cleveland. Who was it? Yes. <laughs> Say her name. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me Say who she her is. Name. Say her name, and I'll give you all the information about her. Um, but she reached out to me, and you know, I always make sure to let people know, like I am not a medical professional. Mm-hmm. I neither am I. I. Yes, yeah. I always recommend you know seeing a professional where you live. But for me, it's really just connecting with the person, letting them know that they're not alone, um, letting them know like what they're going through can be overcome, giving them just like even if it's like the slightest little sliver of hope um, to get them through the day. And and sometimes with her in, the, in this instance, it was me opening up, sharing my story, and then asking her, kind of like diverting her attention to what is one thing she loves about herself. And, uh, and she told me it was her smile, but, you know, of course, then the darkness comes in. She's like, but I don't smile very much mm-hmm. anymore. And I was like, okay, well... I, I tend to do, I haven't done this a lot in my sessions, but um, I facilitate these groups sometimes. And I tend to do like what Louise Hay likes to call mirror work, which is really uncomfortable for a lot of people. But I then told her to go to her mirror and to smile and to look at herself in the eyes, even if it was painful. And she could look away if she wanted to and just to be really gentle with herself. And so she did that a few times and she was, you know, good enough to get through the next day. And that's kind of where you have to start, I mm-hmm. think, especially when you're deep down in that place. It's so hard. You can't be like, oh, here's what you need to do and you'll be happy. It's like, just give them one thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's tough. And on social media, you do a lot of like live videos yeah. and stuff. And mm-hmm. those are really great. Tell me a little bit about Thank that. You. Yes. So um, it's actually perfect timing because I'm going to start doing them Monday through Friday. So Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I share what really is just going on with me in the current moment, which always has to do with um, self-love and healing and practices or just things I'm learning because I am not exempt to any of this. Mm -hmm. I'm still learning so much and I still have days that are really, really tough. Um, The beauty is that now I know the tools uh, and and practices to like get myself out of them quicker and I'm able to learn from them more, whereas in the past I used to just kind of – Try not to do a deep mm-hmm. dive. Um, so Monday, Wednesday, and Friday are all about that. I like to keep them short. I try to keep them around five minutes, but sometimes they go longer. And then Tuesday and Thursday, I'm starting next week. And that is going to be more of uh, the primal animal side to what I do. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about sex, and we're going to talk about the body um, you know, more intricately, not necessarily the heart, but like your body and how it feels and what it's trying to tell you. And... Um, and I also like have fallen in love with this deck of spirit animal cards. Mm-hmm. And I get, I'm a very visual person and I get every once in a while, um, like this is going to sound crazy, but I'll look I mean, at all, someone. Everything's crazy, right? Like, everything's, everything's crazy. crazy and, yeah. yeah but I'll like, <laughs> it, every once in a while, I, like look at someone and I'll see like whiskers on their face or I'll see, or an animal will like come to me. Sure. Um, and so that's honestly like with my with what I teach in my sessions, there's a lot of animal stuff incorporated with it. I need to interrupt you for just one mm-hmm. second. I saw Jeff Goldblum at dinner yesterday. <gasps> oh my he, god. I mean, talk about an animal. He's a bird. <laughs> yes, he <laughs> He's is. He's like a tall bird. I love him. <laughs> like he walked in the restaurant and I was with Matt and Matt's mom mm-hmm. and I saw a bird. I was like, this is a bird. Yeah. 
So anyway, and I also, <laughs> I love that so much. I, know exactly I would love what to know mean, what though. sign he is. Yeah, you you get it. I get it. I get it. Um, <laughs> oh, he's got to be an air sign. He's got to be. Oh my god, he's just like a tall bird. Yeah, anyway. oh, I love him so much. Yeah. You mentioned sex and love and relationships. What do you think? Again, you're not an expert. What do you think is one of the biggest problems that an individual? What happens with an individual when they lose themselves in a relationship? Yes. Um, I think that it's that mind, body, or heart and body connection that we somehow through either, gosh, just childhood growing up, situations, pain, um, we've just sort of dissociated from and disconnected from. And I was talking to a, a new friend of mine last night about this, how we get to this point where we sort of just like throw each other in bed and we're like, okay, have fun, discover what I like instead, <laughs> instead of taking the time to like really connect with our bodies and find out like what feels good, what, mm-hmm. like we are literally hardwired for pleasure and yet we don't talk about mm-hmm. sex. It's so silly to me. You know, I often on the show, <laughs> this is going to sound gross and crazy. I'm so excited. <laughs> this is going to sound gross. <laughs> so I always joke on the show, like w- when I'm talking about like Chris Hemsworth or like a hot guy, right? I always say like, I want him to sit on my face. <laughs> <laughs> This is a full circle moment. Where Just is this say, going? I'm so me. excited. <laughs> so, so I always say that and like I get a lot of complaints. <laughs> I, I hear from a lot why. of people that are like, you know, <laughs> some people think it's really funny and then other people are like, you know, I was laughing and then you said you want Chris Hemsworth <laughs> to sit on your face <laughs> and you lost me. And I'm like, <laughs> you I'm like, you know me? what? I'm just being honest and open. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's important. Do you truly want him to sit on your face though? Is yeah. that something that turns you yeah. on? Then fantastic. <laughs> Whitney, we might need to edit this out. Then thank you. No, for Whitney, don't edit. Truth. Whitney, don't edit. This is a special episode. Do not edit this out. Uh, but, that's so good. No, but I think like that's okay. You know, Ali Wong. Do you know who that is? Yes, I've not watched her special okay, though. So I haven't either. Okay, <laughs> but I'm going to quote it. <laughs> no, so she has. There's this uh, image going around where she talks about that on her show. She's like, if you're an adult and you've never, <laughs> this sounds so gross. I'm sorry, people that are. No, already this grossed is out okay. about this, We but, need to talk about but this. But like she says in her special, she's like, if you've never licked ass, <laughs> she's like, you're adulting wrong. She says you're not adulting properly. Oh, well, shit. And it's like, oh, yeah, so this is getting mad. So I'm not the only one out there. <laughs> when I saw that she said it, I was like, oh, okay, good. Uh, um, well, I have not, but, I, well, but I, I'm but i not really try. into it, but I'll try it. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> But if Chris Hemsworth, like, let's say. I mean, if he, he was, was like, like that's the only it? thing you can do like, to me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You should hear some of the messages. My mom is like, Dan, do you really got to say that on oh, the show? Dan. Dan, you really have to say. When does, why do you want him to sit on your face? Oh, that's inappropriate, Dan. <laughs> it's Dan. <laughs> anyway. But so I think that's so important to, yes, tell people what you like. And, yes. And, um, and also just learn. So many people don't even know. And people lose themselves in relationships too. Yes. Like they lose a lot of what they like and know, not just in the bedroom, but like in general, yeah. they lose a lot of themselves. And it's yeah. only natural, I think, to do that. Yeah. Especially people who are caregivers and who want to please people pleasers. Of course. It's like you're almost uh, hardwired to lose a bit of yourself to please somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're like all very, I, I truly believe like we're all very caring, loving individuals. Some of us have just like had a lot of pain mm-hmm. um, and don't know how to deal with it. But I also like the more that I'm exploring my sexuality and all of that, like it's amazing how when I do speak up for what my body wants and what is true to me, like the responses are 
incredible. Yeah, it's such a better. turn on to be with somebody mm-hmm. that knows what what they want. Mm-hmm. Okay, now uh, one last thing. Yes, somebody's listening. They're in a super dark place listening mm-hmm. right now. Like they are laying in bed and they're sitting here thinking, like I just feel like shit. Mm-hmm. I had a bad day. I had a bad year, mm-hmm. whatever it is, what would you say to them? What do you want to say to that person? Yeah, I would say, you know, in this moment, to kind of bring my mother back again, um, in this moment you have a choice. You can stay in this place. You know it very well. You've been here before, I'm assuming, um, and that's okay. Or you can make the decision to start healing yourself and to start loving yourself and you don't have to do it all overnight. It doesn't have to be this big overwhelming thing, but you deserve to be happy. You deserve to be the fullest, most joyful, most um, just pleasurable, fun version of yourself. Mm-hmm. You don't deserve this. And uh, that's that's a big one is a lot of people feel like it's some rite of passage that they need to feel this way, especially if they've done something to hurt someone else. Mm. You don't deserve to feel Mm. this way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just because you've done something wrong does not uh, uh, submit you to a life of misery. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And forgiving yourself is something that I feel like I'm still sort of working on. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But um, but that's a big one is – is just knowing that no matter what you've done, you can always come back from it. And and okay. I always want people to set small goals, tiny, mm-hmm. tiny goals. So if you're laying in bed right now and you are depressed or you are going through something, just set a small goal. To mm-hmm. I always say like get in the shower because that was what helped me when I was in my yeah. very dark place. I would get in the shower. I would just set that little goal. Cause I mean, I was in a place where I couldn't get out of bed. Yeah. And it was like, if I could get to the shower, mm-hmm. then I knew that I could get to the next step after that. Yes. It was like, just let it, wa- like, don't set any limits. And I would always say, like, doesn't matter how, don't worry about water. Yeah. Like, even though I know we got to worry about the environment. But <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. Occasionally yeah. it's okay to not worry about the amount of water you're mm-hmm. using. And I was like, just sit in there, for, like, set that as your first little goal. Yeah. Or maybe your first little goal is getting to the gym. Yeah. Or getting out of the house to the grocery store or taking your dog for a walk or something very tiny. Yeah. Mine was like, just get outside. Mm-hmm. Just because I connect uh, to nature. really, yeah, I connect with nature so much mm-hmm. and I really re energize in nature. So for me, but you know, going on a hike seemed like a big thing. So I had mm-hmm. to get in my car and go. So for me, it was like, just get outside. Just mm-hmm. feel the sun on your skin and feel the yeah, air. Yeah, like stop outside for one sec. Don't yeah. think about a hike. Just yeah. say like, I got to get outside for one minute. Yeah. And then back inside. I can go back inside. Totally. And then if you're outside, then usually, usually, not always, but sometimes you'll be like, I want to stay outside longer. I want to get to that hike. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But other times you might get outside and you say, I want to go back inside. This is too much for me. But yeah. at least you got out there for a minute. Yeah. And mm-hmm. just ask yourself, like, what makes me truly, genuinely happy? Because mm-hmm. for me, it was nature and it was animals. So and for me, it's uh, someone sitting in my face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> oh, that was the perfect ending. <laughs> Kirby. <laughs> I love you so much. I love you. I'm so thankful that you're here. Mm-hmm. Where can people find you on social media and your web? Yes. I want to talk about your website too, because I went to your website and I was just so moved. I was literally in tears reading your story on your oh, website because it's you. it's a little more detailed too than what we were able to get into here. Yeah. Um, yes. So I, I actually started a blog a year ago that now is like, I, uh, I started a whole new site because that blog is going to become a book. Um, mm. it was like, gosh, 40 entries. So I kind of decided to like put that one in a quiet place yeah. for now. 
Um, it's sort of my Eat, Pray, Love. And then, oh my God, I cannot <laughs> wait to read it. I yes, love Eat, Pray, Love. <laughs> I'm really excited. I know. It's so good. So then I started um, this new website, which is just my name, kirbyslager.com. And uh, I do have some entries on there and I have my services on there and just ways to connect with me if you have more questions. And also my biggest, uh, I guess, social media outlet is definitely Instagram. And on Instagram, I'm at lovewildbykirby with underscores after every So word. love underscore. Yes, wild. Wild underscore. Yes, by, by underscore, underscore Kirby. Kirby. Okay, good. I got it. No underscore. And it's so good. I follow you and I like love it. <laughs> Thank it's it's you. very inspirational. And I find I find it just lovely to be able to check in and see on your feed. Yeah. Just get a little break from, I mean, most of my feed is like shirtless men. I know, but it's so good. Like you are that to me. (laughs) It's like I have memes and then the hot naked models, Uh, male models, not even models. They're like Insta models. But then it's like nice to have something inspirational in between mm -hmm. those. Yeah. So I encourage everyone to follow your account so that in the middle of their day, instead of memes or instead of (laughs) hot naked men... (laughs) I don't know how many people that listen to this show have hot naked men, but maybe more than I think. Yeah. Um, to get a little break from that. Yeah. Follow Love Wild, Wild by, by Kirby, Kirby with underscores in between each word. Oh, there's so many underscores. Yeah, uh, it's always just what I'm going through in the moment. So it's always very current and real and raw and vulnerable. What's your favorite Mariah Carey song? Oh, I ask gosh. everyone that, so I have to ask you. I, I love... Um, all I, or All I Want for Christmas all is for You. Christmas, I, sure. I love it's classic. that. Like, no one can sing that like her. No. No, no. one can sing all of them like her. Yeah. Yeah, she's amazing. There's one I heard just recently, though, that I was like, oh, my God, this one's so good. Oh, Obsessed. Uh, Why are you so obsessed? (laughs) I was like, this is a great song. It is so good. It should have went to number one. I digress. (laughs) I digress. It should have been her 19th number one, but that's neither here nor there. Kirby, I love you. Thank you so much for doing this. I love you. Thank you. So, guys, if you like this show, please go rate and review us on iTunes. Only if you like it. (laughs) That's, That's terrible, but only if they like it, Whitney. I mean, we're dealing with issues here. We're dealing with issues here. <laughs> also, find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. We also have that Facebook group. Just go to Facebook.com and search Everything Iconic. We're doing some fun stuff there. We're doing Patreon. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I love you guys so much. I'd also like to thank our sponsors, Samson Technologies and BulkApothecary.com. If you need essential oils or soap-making supplies, go to www.BulkApothecary.com and use coupon code HOUSEWIVES. Thank you for letting us get a little deeper this week. We'll be back to reality TV coverage and actresses over 50 next week. (laughs) But I love you all so much for listening. Thank you. Love you. Bye. Bye. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic. A North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving credenzas, TV stands, and accessories so much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made 
for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.